I have always counseled the freed people that liberty meant the right to work for themselves, to get their own living, and live honestly as white people do. I have told them that they must be obedient to their employers and peaceable. Testimony of Benjamin P. Runkle, Superintendent of Memphis Freedmen's Bureau Office. The rebels call me a pimp. I have served the United States government in the Army five years, and I am called a pimp in the public press. I came here ready to take these people by the hand, but they have met me with insults because I wear the uniform of the government. Testimony of Benjamin P. Runkle One day in the latter part of April, a northern-born man in Memphis named William Wilder sat down and wrote a short, bitter letter to Congressman Thaddeus Stevens of Pennsylvania, a leader of the Republican Party's radical wing. Wilder was a Union Army veteran whose regiment, the 6th Illinois Cavalry, had endured much hard campaigning in Tennessee, Mississippi, and other parts of the South. He had left the service in 1864, settled in Memphis, and started a business. His political sentiments were radical. Now he had decided he must leave the city, and he thought Stevens might be interested in knowing why. Enclosed, please find an editorial clipped from the avalanche of this city, Wilder wrote. This article shows the state of feeling now existing in this city against all northern men. I came here to engage in business about two years since, but from the fact that I had served two years in the Federal Army, I shall be obliged to seek another home. Congressman Stevens saved the letter in his files, but not the clipping. The editorial that so troubled Wilder probably appeared in the Avalanche's April 3rd issue. In it, the editor took note of the Yankee businessmen in Memphis who espoused radicalism, men who are with Massachusetts Senator Charles Sumner and Stevens, for confiscation, disenfranchisement, and everything calculated to degrade, ruin, and embarrass the people to whom they proposed to sell their wares. The editor then suggested a way to deal with these miscreants. If his readers would identify them, he would publish their names, so, quote, that the Southern people may shun them as they would a leprosy. The radicals are for war. Let them have it. We have enlisted as a volunteer. Unquote. How many Yankees were living in Memphis in the spring of 1866 was uncertain. The term applied to Northerners who had recently moved to the city, not to those who had lived in the city or elsewhere in the South for many years and regarded themselves as Southerners. Certainly there were many hundreds, perhaps a couple of thousand or more. Some had been called to Memphis by duty, some by conscience, some by ambition. Some were the wives or children of those called. Most were middle class and educated. Many intended to make Memphis their permanent home, while others were anxious to leave. All had come to the city after its capture by federal forces on June 6, 1862. The Yankees living there when the war began had abandoned the city and fled north. The U.S. Army had maintained a presence in Memphis ever since that day in 1862, a substantial one during the war that dwindled thereafter. And when the third colored heavy artillery mustered out at the end of April 1866, there remained only the headquarters of the Department of the Tennessee, a detachment of the 16th U.S. Infantry Regiment, a white unit, 
and a few quartermaster troops and other support personnel.